Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, Kevin here. Just wanted to tell you all to stay tuned after today's episode because I want to tell you briefly about Devos, a new fun, campy, and theater-tastic movie I think a lot of you will really love. More on that after the episode, so be sure to listen in. But now, here's your regularly scheduled, broad-waisted episode. Enjoy! I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broadway Sid podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plosky, and you brought me through. Don't be hating on you and me, because something fresh is something you best believe. I got what you want. Who ride with us? They're long gone because we ride us. Just let me in the club because it, cause it's mightier than the sword. Are you down? Joining us today are the usual bum-bum-bums, including Kevin, freak it out, Jager. Always, baby, always. Kimberly, our basketball game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. I'm very bad at basketball. <laughs> and with us to continue our high school Shakespeare adaptations are students from Palmetto Grove Academy, Go Hawks. <laughs> Let's give a big broad-waisted welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show. show. Two hammies and a tammy. Aaron J. Albano, Haley Pachuna, and Akisha Williams. Y'all ready for this? What's welcome. actually crazy is I'm in South Carolina right now. So watching all of this, I was like, this is trippy. Does oh, it take place yeah. in South Carolina? Yeah. Carlson, Did I miss that? I'm at right now. Work. Okay. Well, uh, today we're going to talk about, oh, a terrible name for a movie if you're trying to search for it anywhere. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, but um, we're going to talk about, oh, um, as the second installment in our high school Shakespeare adaptations theme that we're continuing on. Um, but before we get into, oh, uh, let's uh, talk about what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Kevin, what are you drinking? So I am drinking a uh, key lime liqueur. Beautiful. I also yes. really like, is that a new built for the stage tank top? It is. I got yes. Look at those like guns. I love it. Kevin, um, you can make mocktails. Oh, I should. 
It's, it's fizzy and it hits the spot. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Haley. Is a mocktail. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, what are you drinking? Jose all day, baby. Beautiful. Um, Nikisha. I'm boring. I'm drinking water today. I had to lay off some of the moonshine, you know. <laughs> um, Aaron, what are you drinking? I am drinking a mix of San Pellegrino and Patron on the rocks. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, there we go. Kimberly? I have a gin and tonic. Beautiful. Yes. Um, uh, and then I am drinking uh, Milagro tequila uh, with a lot of... Um, uh, seltzer, lime seltzer. So, in an if-then cup. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Here's the sliding doors. The musical. Dude, sliding doors is a wait. We should do. We should do a theme where it's like movies that like really aren't have nothing to do with musicals, but like might as well be. Doors <laughs> any day. Right. Um, Okay, so um, we're going to talk O, but before we begin with O, I want to do a little breakdown of this movie. Um, okay. O was originally intended for release October 17th, 1999, but it was shelved, uh, finally released on August 31st, 2001, and it was shelved because of the Columbine massacre, um, and they did not want to release uh, a movie with that type of an ending, uh, understandably so. Um, so this would have come out, this actually would have either come out just before or after, I, I won't remember, um, 10 Things I Hate About You. So Julia Stiles would have been like two Shakespeare's in a year. Um, two Shakespeare's um, in a year. And uh, um, some other things about for her. A Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> and that's why she looks like super young. You think she had grown since 10 Things I Hate About You, but... That is why not. I had to look. I like had to look that fact up because I was like, sure. she was so much younger. But I know these came out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, another thing is uh, Christina Ricci originally had the part of Desi, but had to drop out um, for uh, um, uh, conflict scheduling conflicts. So that's interesting there too. Oh, I would have lived for that. That would have been pretty good. I love this. Um, there was a better this- person though that was uh, d- like. Uh, as an option to be cast, it was right. Like, there were there was a lot of people listed um, in the the Amazon like <laughs> the Amazon trivia. Yeah, mine um, was IMDb. Like, Who were yeah, like, well, Subari, I think, Amazon was bought IMDb, so all of those facts would filter into those Amazon screens. Oh, no, that's why. Oh, because on my Fire Stick, I can watch IMDb TV, which I thought mm-hmm. was a weird thing yeah. to have. Um, so while Haley's looking that up. Um, this was directed by Tim Blake Nelson, who you may know mostly as an actor from things like Kimmy Schmidt um, or The Watchmen recently. Um, he was also in Buster Scrubs, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, he was in the Green Lantern movie. Um, um, but Tim Blake Nelson, um, you, you, he, he played Kimmy Schmidt's father. Um, he, always, he always plays like a country bumpkin. Yes. Anyway, he directed this. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, this stars, um, as we saw, Julia Stiles, Andrew Keegan again. Uh, nice uh, little combo platter there. Um, <laughs> uh, we have Mackay Pfeiffer, also Dr. Pratt on ER, as we all obviously know him from that. Um, or, or, or 8 Mile. Um, and um, uh, also um, Josh Hartnett. Um, among, and, and Macaulay Culkin's father in Home Alone. 
Um, <laughs> but, um, so let's 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 yeah, go and Martin around. Sheen. And Martin Sheen, of course. Sweaty, Martin Real quick, I found it. Um, considered for the roles were Natasha Leone and Mina Suvari, which I was Mina like, Suvari, yeah. Mina Suvari would have been. Oh yeah, Prince Jr. Love of my life was considered for Hugo. Oh um, wow. Um, so yeah. let's 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 talk about let's go around the horn. What was what? Did you have any previous relationship to this movie? Um, and uh, and let's just do previous relationships, and then we'll do overall thoughts. But we'll wait on that because yep. we have the time. Um, Aaron, uh, what was your relationship with this movie previously? I had never seen this movie before. I, oh, and how well do you know time. Othello? How well do you know uh, Othello? That's another one I'd like to ask. Beyond the Wikipedia um, synopsis that I read today after watching the movie, not very much. Okay. <laughs> I, really, I knew it was a tragedy, and that's all she wrote. Cool. Nikisha? I... Want to say I saw this play a long, long, long time ago at Alabama Shakespeare uh, Festival, and but I did not remember the whole premise of it. Uh, but I knew again that it was a tragedy. I never saw this m- movie before. I never knew it was made. Um, so yeah, this was my my first time watching it, and I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> uh, Haley. First time seeing this movie, did not know Othello. I've never done it, so why would I know it? Yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin. Uh, I had never seen this movie before, but I was aware of its existence. Um, I wanted to rent it at Blockbuster when I was younger, and my mom said no because it looked violent. Um, she said no. I know the basic story of Othello because I'm pretty sure there's an opera based on Othello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I knew that from like my opera school days, but like I didn't know like the actual Shakespeare play beyond that. Sure, Kimberly. When we studied Othello, my senior year of high school, we watched this movie. In Me too. Yeah, New Jersey, Jersey. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. the South ahead is ahead of its time. <laughs> they showed um, this to you in school. Yeah, yeah. With a disclaimer about the the rape scene. Yes. And I think I also then went ahead and rented it for like a sleepover because we liked it so much. I don't oh. know why. No, I think like my like emo, like my like, what was it? Like 2007 emo self was just like, what a sad movie. Like, let's watch it again. <laughs> like, I love that your emo self has such a thick vocal fry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my. But I was also like, into Shakespeare. So I remember like having to explain Othello to all of the kids in my group when we were doing a group project. If you just read it like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, same as Kimberly. I, wa- I watched us in, in high school in class um, as kind of, they wanted to get us into it more um, in terms of that adaptation and kind of relating to it a little bit more. Um, and um, so wait in class, where would you have to break up the movie because you couldn't watch the whole thing in one sitting? I don't know. After I think forty minutes, three days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but um, I know Othello pretty well. I've seen it multiple times in different versions of it. So um, I'm I, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty familiar with the the at the very least well. the plot. Yeah. Um. So let's go around. I, overall thoughts. I have some questions that'll kind of bring out more as we get into this, but 
Um, I want to hear overall thoughts, but Kevin is about to jump out of the screen, so go for it. So I have a theory about this movie. So I feel like this movie is the 13-year-old at a senior class party who's trying to show how, like, cool and, like, extra rigid and, like, crazy they are by, like, cursing, drinking, spitting more than anyone at the party. Like, it just felt like they were trying so hard to be edgy that that's all I could think the whole time was, like, this is that 13-year-old who, like, chugged half a bottle of vodka to prove he's awesome and then threw up all night the rest of the night. That's that's my high thoughts these movies. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the other things that have to happen with this movie. Sure. But that's my overall, like, high thought sentence. Let's, Look, okay, Aaron? Just going off of that, just even, just not even about, like, the content of the movie, well, sort of the content of the movie. But I was thinking while I was watching it, I feel like because we love, like, this podcast specifically, these six people love the, like, light, airy, cheesy 90s movie. And then we watched this. And there's definitely, like, a yin to that yay, where, like, it's a dark, edgy, no subtlety at all 90s movie, where it's, like, the skulls and, like, cruel intentions and, like, dangerous minds. I'm, like, it's all... And so Mm -hmm. this definitely falls, I feel like, in that same category, just energetically, where if if we were to watch it now, just like this one, there's... Because these movies, both the light and the dark, don't have any subtlety in them whatsoever, <laughs> there's a lot of cringiness to it. Sure. But that's sort of indicative of like this, like this late 90s, early 2000s movie, I feel like. Totally. Is, um, I just kept thinking the entire time how happy these actors' agents must have been because these... I'm not kidding you. The entire time Mm -hmm. I was like, these agents must have been so happy for their clients because all they're thinking about are their clients who have done these like 10 things I hate about you and like, you know, all these like bop movies. And then they get this like acting movie where it's serious and it's dark. And I'm like, this is a dream for an agent to present this to their client to be like, we have this for you. Sure. <laughs> um, Nikisha, you are you you seem uh, full of uh, opinions this week. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that. Uh, um, okay, I'll just I'll start. Oh, here. go in, okay. go in, go in, go in. How stereotypical is this movie? Let me count the ways, okay? Because I watched this movie and I knew the premise of the story. So I understand the reasoning of why Othello is portrayed by a dark skinned person, because in the Shakespeare play where he is from, where Othello is from, is from uh, parts of the country where there are dark skinned people. But my thing was like, you're going to take this modern version of this and put it in the most stereotypical way in the fact that why does this black man have to play basketball and be mm-hmm. only going to this all white prep school because he's on a basketball scholarship. Why uh, do, why does he have to be from the hood? <laughs> because there was a scene where um, Hugo was like, uh, look, I know you're from the hood and you know hustlers, but I know white girls. And also that whole scene in general, what was uh, that? Oh God, that's cringed. Scene. 
the whole time. Just in and- the gym while they're doing like lat pull downs. Oh God, awful. And then at the end, he's like, I'm not though. Doesn't he say he's yes. not? But at the yeah. end, no, he, he says, kills himself. No, he says that he, his mother's not a crackhead. He doesn't say that he didn't grow up in the hood. He was just mm-hmm. like, I'm just like you guys. My mother's not a crackhead. And I don't, I don't have any of these other stereotypical black things. But <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have this. And so the whole time, and I guess it's also like where we are in the world right now. And I was just like, this literally made my skin crawl so much. Because mm-hmm. reading, going back and reading the Sparknotes version <laughs> of the play, it's like there were so many things that were added to this movie to get to this point when it didn't need to happen. Like that whole entire rape scene didn't have to happen. No. The, the fact like- that, like in, in no form or fashion, and the whole, his whole background, again, didn't, didn't have to happen. And so mm-hmm. I literally... I also thought that this was not Mackay Pfeiffer's best work in general, as far as movies were. Um, I've seen him be a lot better, but I also looked up who the writer of the of the movie was, and it looks like it's a person of color. So I also was just like disappointment on you. And this is why when we talked about last time how black movies go to the extreme of being so outlandish and mm-hmm. funny because they're trying to get away from the stereotypes that this kind of movie from presents, this. I rest my case. Yeah. Yes. It's also incredibly dangerous. <laughs> it's also incredibly dangerous to let a wild hawk fly free through your gymnasium while you play <laughs> basketball. And just like catch him. There were so many things I was like, why do we keep cutting to see different birds? Like, I understand your metaphor, but, like, you're literally taking this bird and shoving it down my throat. Also, did, did he is need... Is there a hawk thing in the play? That's the only thing I could think, because that sounds Shakespearean to, like, That's compare That's what I thought, too. I was like, why, why, what's the significance of the hawk? Well, they really tried to... So, this is one of the... Oh, there is. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, this is one of the only kind of... This is told... Uh, Othello is really told from the villain's point of view like iago has like mm-hmm. a ton of the asides the a ton yes. of the breaking mm-hmm. of the fourth wall all that stuff and that usually doesn't happen it's usually like the hamlet it's the, the person going mm-hmm. through who has those moments so what the movie is clearly trying to do which and it doesn't really um doesn't we can argue if it does it well or not but the thing is like oh oh is supposed to be like our our quote main character who was supposed to empathize with and like be like upset when Iago tricks him, uh, Hugo, sorry, along the way, tricks him. But like the movie is also trying to present, I don't think the movie does a good enough job presenting Hugo as the, like the, the bookend character because then it, like at the end, it like, it weirdly gives you this sensation. How he has a voiceover? You're empathizing with him, but you're not. Oh, I never did. It's the, oh, no. the, the movie's like asking us to, and I don't want to. Yeah, like at all. yes, yes. Whether you do or not, the movie yeah. has clearly positioned itself to be like, well, maybe, I mean, he's wrong, but like, think about it from his point of view. It's like, no, if he's wrong, no. he's wrong. No. I'm good. No, I no, I don't never. need to do that. Right. right. Like, I, mean, I, understand, I, I understand from what they were showing in the film that Martin Sheen is literally the worst father of all time. <laughs> and like, a lot of his actions, I was like, He's also racist. Like, there were, like, so many things wrong with that character. And, like, I get they were going for, like, the Friday Night Lights style, like, coach mentality. But, like, 
Whoa, don't conflate Coach Taylor with the Duke. Right. But he, Martin Sheen is terrible in this movie. He overacts That's this so, movie so hard. He's which so I sweaty. I think he's right on brand with this movie, Kevin. But, I mean, he's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's doing what the director wanted from him. But like, he's so over the top that it's like, he's not even fun to think of as a villain. And I think they kept trying to make us feel like Josh Hartnett is only convincing random 18 year olds to kill each other because his dad doesn't love him. But like. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to argue. So, that, 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 Kevin, amazing segue. This is my. This is one of my first questions. And I will, we'll start with Kimberly um, first. Okay. This movie, do you think... Obviously, this movie is based on a Shakespeare play. That's why we're doing it. With and Shakespeare plays, as as truthful as you might want to find things, there there's a lot. There's their melodrama. There's a lot of this in there. Um, when you set something in a, and, and we look at these plays as being set in the way way past. So when they are brought to the future or adapted into a world that we can comprehend with like actual like that trying to ground it a little bit more um a lot of that melodrama can get lost because the tone is off where do you think this movie succeeds in that where do you think that movie fails in that does that does that question make sense to everybody in the let's try to answer it (laughs) ryan you're basically saying when does the melodrama work and when does it not sure especially taking into account this is based on something that melodrama probably works on stage in iambic pentameter versus sure. updating it. And like, the reason I asked this question is because of what Kevin said. Getting a you to believe that O would go from A to Z in such a quick span, like, and that Hugo would be able to convince these people to do these things within a span, like, is that believable in this versus when you're watching it on stage knowing it's a melodrama? I guess that's my real question. Um, I, watching it just from pure like plot points was like, this is a pretty fair adaptation because like all the right people die. All the right people maybe die. Um, so like they did the end right and but weirdly the whole time Jay and I had both seen this movie before and mm-hmm. the whole time we said does he kill her at the end because still in our minds we couldn't wrap our head around the fact that a modern movie would make that choice we were like sure. maybe in this one she doesn't die because that's ridiculous mm-hmm. um and yet she does and so and I like I don't know 
it it doesn't it works in a way that like putting the crazy jealousy of a melodramatic Shakespeare play in the hands of teenagers makes sense, especially at boarding school. If anyone has ever gone to camp when they were like in their early years, like you know that everything is heightened to this crazy degree. So yes, like that jealousy makes sense there. And like, but the manipulation, I don't know that I ever completely bought because I was just like, you're told that he hates him, which I think is true in the play too. Like Iago Mm -hmm. just comes on and it's just like, I hate the more and then goes into why. And it's like so small that it was hard to be like, you hate this person so much. You want him to kill his girlfriend. Like it's just such a crazy place to go Mm -hmm. with it. That if you don't know it stems from old text is insane. Sure. Kevin, you were nodding aggressively. No, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Kimberly said. I think this movie kind of surprised me because I felt like it started and I was like, okay, I'm getting a feel. Oh, oh no, we're starting. Like it felt like the plot of like Iago trying to like ruin everything or Hugo happened very quickly and abruptly and out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like that seemed really strange and I that sh- like shook me. I also felt like they were trying to um the like language that they used and like the dialogue about like specifically about race felt like very very like cringeworthy and like like it just it was a, it was like they were just trying like obviously in the in the play and in the story like the fact that he is a more and it like is plays into it in a way, but like in this, it just, it just felt like they were like smacking you in the face with like stereotypes and like negative strong language. Like that little playful conversation that like Desi has with him when they're in bed together. Awesome. And like, it was so cringy and terrible. And I was like, I don't believe that a black man would say this to his girlfriend or that she would say these things to him. And it was just, it was so like it felt like a white person's writer's room was writing this script. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. And it was so cringy. So I felt like I agree with Kimberly, like a lot of the high school antics work. Cause like, I remember when high school, like if you broke up with somebody, it was literally the end of your existence. Like I understand why they placed it in a high school. I think that was smart. I think boarding school was smart. Mm -hmm. The melodrama, the relationships didn't, didn't work and like the like gross misogyny that was used that wasn't being used to show that it was bad but just kind of understood that like we talk about girls this way and that we like there was no like they never got punished or like it was shown as a bad thing for like ripping on brandy like brandy's a sex positive woman like let her do her thing like and also the fact that like the original like the lead character is a white blonde woman who we we like think is even better because she was a virgin before him like using virginity as a tool to make her a better person before him was like, like all of those things i just thought were like icky ways to like interpret the melodrama of the story yeah and in true othello adaptation um desdemona does nothing of import <laughs> yes um, I worked on Othello the Remix, which is... Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, which was a oh, yeah. 80 minute like comedy. Rap. I saw that. It was like a it was like a freestyle love supreme did Othello <laughs> is what it was. And my favorite part is that there were no females in the cast. And that when he kills Desdemona, um, he just has a pillow and like a hip hop track behind him of a heartbeat. And then slowly the heartbeat fades away. But there's no woman ever on stage. Yeah, they, do, they didn't need a woman. They were just like, ah, women are pointless. Let's just do this with three men. They, and yeah. they just I mean, like, Desdemona would have been a man then back were the then. Women, but no one was ever Desdemona. Yes. Which is why I had um, that. It was so... I, like uh, Nikisha said, I looked up the writer. Um, his name is Brad Kaya, I believe. Um, his entire filmography is comedy, except for O, which is very interesting. Oh, um, I, I don't know if he is, I don't know if, uh, what his background is in terms of his ethnicity, um, but um, um, it's I like think he, that's interesting. I feel like he probably pitched like a let's do a Shakespeare adaptation, like 10 things I hate about you. And like how clueless was a Jane Austen. And they were like, cool, do Othello. And he was like, yeah, sounds great. And then he read it and was like, oh, damn it. It's oh, no. <laughs> or he was like, or he was mm-hmm. like, this is my moment to do something deep. It was so uncomfy. And like, I truly had nightmares. And, like, partly because I was just, like, too engrossed in that, like, it exists. Sure. <laughs> and that I liked it when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I remember this being, I re- before I watch it again, and I, I, I have to, like, after this discussion, I'll decide what I think. But, like, I remember this, I remember it being a good adaptation of, of a film. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I remembered it being a good movie or not, I remembered it being like a good adaptation. Yeah. Um, um, maybe, I guess, maybe we can say it's a faithful adaptation instead yes. of using the word good. Sure, sure. Things like I don't remember the rape scene. I think my teacher skipped it. What? No, like, it's not in the play. What is the point of that? Like, what did everyone like? Regardless, like, I think we were all cringing, but like that he was like turning. Turning there, maybe jeal- or it's maybe like his jealousy was driving him mad or something. Like, well, yeah. or maybe they didn't want to give him his monologue, so they just did that, and he stared at himself in the mirror. I have no idea. But then well, also, think- Iago never drugs him. You that mean, well, was like the turning point for me. I was just like, why did any of that need to exist in this character at all? Yeah, why why so I- the flaw he has already overcome? The point is that he's like the highest, most general, and he's about to like be the Duke. And like, what's interesting like about person- what it, what's interesting I, to me, the drugs and the cocaine in this movie, while I don't think that, I think the, the, this is more interesting if Othello's going mad on his own with the help of Iago, as opposed to like being fed cocaine and stuff like that. But I will say that in terms of getting them from point A to point B, it felt like the cocaine was a cheat because I agree with Kimberly. I never felt as if he got to the point where he would actually kill Desi. Like that just like in this yeah. particular adaptation. Yeah. Like when Iago's like, well, the cocaine if you kill her, which is never a thing in the play. It's not Iago's idea for him to do that. Mm-hmm. He just does it. He says, go kill Cassio. So, I feel like the drugs are like another way it's 
very indicative of like an early 2000s, late 90s movie. Yeah, I mean, drugs are just such an <laughs> yeah, easy yeah. an easy thing to get people to like not think clearly as well, like a, a plot yeah. device. But I mean, also... So, lazy. That is a lazy plot point. Oh, oh correct. Yeah. Yes. If you also go back to the... Um, if you also go... Uh, if you also go back to the... Um, uh, that sex scene... I, one thing that I thought was interesting about that sex scene from a directorial standpoint is when he sees himself in the mirror as Andrew Keegan. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I don't, again, I don't think that that scene should have been there in general, but I like that concept that he's like now seeing her with him even when they have their intimate moments together. Again, the fallout from that is like unacceptable and like didn't need to be in this movie at all. But I thought that, that was an interesting concept to be played with. The second thing I want to say, going back to the drugs is, I don't understand why they didn't play up more of the um, the steroid usage. That's such a good plot right. device when you're in sports that like gets your testosterone up and like really messes with your head and your aggression. I feel like they just didn't dive into that at all. And that was something I remembered them doing more of, which is not the case. Because so, I have think, any thoughts on that? Yeah, at the beginning, when they say stuff about drugs, I feel like it's implied that it's steroids. And then at the end, when it's cocaine, I was like, oh, that's not, I was like, oh. To jump back to your Andrew Keegan, isn't it interesting that in 10 Things I Hate About You, Andrew Keegan was the guy who did that to Julia Stiles, and now he's doing it again to Julia Stiles? He'd do this first because of when it was filmed, we'll never know. We don't know. Pod. Um. Any thoughts about the steroids and, and kind of that plot device? Yeah, I didn't even um, think about it again. Like after Hugo like got his injection, like I feel like y'all are right on when they could have played on that being more of like him going crazy and why he's like plotting with all of this stuff. But it's like happened and I was like oh okay that's that's a thing and then like y'all said there was no reason for Mackay Pfeiffer's character to just partake in it like it didn't add to to anything as far as like the order of events to him leading up to killing Desi like it was just like I said it was it was lazy but I do agree that going through um, the actual play again, as far as like the movie being a good adaptation of the overall um, plot points of the play, but it's just like he veered so much to the left to try to make it so dramatic that all of that was kind of lost. It's like, yeah, in the play, there was the handkerchief and and the mischief with all of that. And um, all of the, uh, him being at the top and that's why Hugo Iago's character was like jealous of him and all of that stuff. But, and all the right people died, but also a question, um, Cassio's character, what's his name in the actual movie? I forgot. Michael. 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 Okay. Andrew, Michael. Andrew Keegan Bolger. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know whose character names are who. Andrew Keegan Bolger. <laughs> dead um he gets so he gets shot in the leg and then you never see him again and i was like is he gonna come back and like testify because he was only just shot in the leg in the leg 
Yeah. And then nothing happened and you don't yeah. ever see him again. But like in the play, he actually dies. No, he doesn't die. No, no, he, no doesn't he, die. Gets, he doesn't die. Right. And he gets, he gets to promoted. testify. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, okay, but they don't just go in left the him. aftermath at all. They just no. end right after the deaths. Mm-hmm. They end with, I'm but like a bird. I want to fly away. Like, How dare yeah. you? <laughs> it's like y'all could have went back and like said he was alive at least or something they but did. you just they, when they go back to the car and they like put the his name's not foggy in this raj <laughs> roger, roger. Oh, in the um yeah um they cover roger him dead. Up, and then you see roger dies. Yeah, yeah he dies and yeah. then you see michael still on the ground but not covered Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't oh, catch that. I either. thought it was definitely just. A I thought he was dead. I, I think thought he was straight up dead. Foggy, or I think yeah. you mean one of the one of the uh, Fulton Reed of the Mighty Ducks fame. Fulton Reed. <laughs> also, That's who it was. also, like they don't delve in enough to that character. Yeah, he's oh. so right. Like, man, yeah, what a sad, weird. sad character. And also, just the like in the dream sequence for like, well, not dream sequence, but like the the montage where like. Sexy Josh Hartnett is explaining how their plan is going to go. Their plan is for him to decide to kill himself and shoot himself here. Oh, I... Who shoots them? Who murders, kills themselves by shooting themselves down into the chest? I don't know, but then that's how O kills himself. And then O kills himself by shooting himself in the chest. And I was like, who is going to be like, I'm going to kill myself, but in an awkward way that makes me curl my arm. Like, they would you'd shoot yourself in the head. Like the only thing I can think of, Kevin, and that I have notes about that. I was like, this, you don't make it look like a suicide with a bullet wound to the chest. Yeah. Like, uh. So my only thought is that they tried to stay faithful in terms of falling on your sword. One. Oh, like, yeah. Two, if they wanted to, sh- they, if they wanted to show the bodies in a pan after that, they probably didn't want to do like the headshots. But like, Fair. I do, I do, I would guess it was the sword, but I agree with you. Like, if you're trying to make this feel as real and normal as possible, like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, like, especially with, like, the scene where, like, where at the end where O kills himself and he shoots himself in the chest and then it just, like, freezes. freezes? With, oh, the like, freeze. I thought something went wrong with my internet. <laughs> <So did I. laughs> Truly. I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. Like, I thought it was, like, freeze frame end credits, like, 1985. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or I was waiting for, like, it to, like, it froze and then for it to, like, slow-mo or something. And it just, like, froze. And I was like, oh, something happened to my internet. And so (laughs) maybe Brian's right that it's faithful to daggers. Because, yeah, I think Othello usually kills himself with a dagger to the heart. That's the only thing I could think of, yeah. See, I did not only think thing? of that any... I didn't well, you know where else you can take a dagger to the heart? Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God. Kevin. I forgot that's in this now. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> That might have been the worst transition so that's, far. Because now, well, that earlier that segue was not it. <laughs> earlier, Nikisha said "lost," and we kept getting further and further away from that. And so I was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna do whatever." <laughs> oh, dang okay. it! Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Kevin's corner, where we have a more lighthearted segment. Um, that's called oh, a lighthearted segment. No, <laughs> get out, get out of here. This, I'm calling, Make me host. Forget it. <laughs> I'm calling this summer in Ohio. 
Um, because it's about letters. This is a letter people game. So I have a list of questions where the answers are a letter. Okay. And you'll understand as we go on. Some of them I fudge, but you'll, you'll get it. Okay. So let me finish the question, and then you guys can answer. So question one. Developed by Victor Company of Japan in the early 1970s, this was released in the, ni- the United States on August 23rd, 1977, as a standard for consumer-level analog video recording on cassette tapes. Like it's video? only one letter? It's, it, the answers are letter or letters. VHS. Say it one more time? Correct. Oh, VHS. Oh, I understand. I understand. Yeah, okay. okay. I understand now. I was okay. like, am I too drunk? Question two. Oh. The lyrics, it took so long, it took so long, it took so long for you to call back. Mm-hmm. And normally I would just forget that except for the fact it was my birthday, my stupid birthday. I played along, I played along, I played along, rolled back, rolled right off my back, but obviously my armor was cracked. What kind of boyfriend would forgive that? Who would forgive that? Is a song by Disney pop sister group, Allie and AJ, about ending a relationship with a bad boyfriend. Therefore, the boyfriend that they no longer are dating becomes their what? X? X? No one knew that song? Whoa. No. That was nice. I like that one. Question Mm -hmm. three. After having an informational meeting or giving a presentation, the leader of the group may elect to have one of these sessions to clear up any inquiries from the audience. Q&A. Q&A, correct. Quick. Uh, This is the universally accepted exclamation for one who attacks and robs ships at sea. SOS. No, no. Oh. that's wrong. R. R, correct. <laughs> <laughs> attacks, darn it. When Nathan Detroit it. offers his marker in the musical Guys and Dolls, it is essentially this. Um, an IOU. Damn, correct, an IOU. Oh, yes. I'm going to get some ice. Hold on. I can still hear you. (laughs) In early 1995, Mars ran a promotion to allow the general public to vote on which color would replace the tan variety of these sweet treats. Oh, M&M's. M&M's, correct. I remember that voting. That was was so cool. I wanted the purple one. Um, (laughs) When you are invited to an event such as a wedding in non Correct. <laughs> Good job. A slang term for hibernating, resting, or reposing is often referred to as catching these. 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 Correct. Resting or reposing. Pocket <laughs> full of reposing. I'm trying to sound like Jeopardy. Um, this is the U, the ITU designation for radio frequencies in the range between 300 megahertz and three gigahertz, also known as the uh, this decimeter band as the wavelength range from one meter to one-tenth of a meter. AM? FM? UHF? UHF, correct. Uh, I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> is, it's the name of the Weird Al film. Yes, that's I'm not that listening was my, to that was most of the questions. Nobody got it. <laughs> Uh, I'm like listening to half the question and thinking I know what the question is. That's what's happening. This is is a worldwide lifestyle magazine of French origin that focuses on fashion, beauty, health, and entertainment. 
GQ? GQ. No. YM. <laughs> XY. This is a fudged one. A fudged uh, one? Okay. L? L is correct. Oh. 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 Well the done, last, Kimberly. The last question is, complete the lyric. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you're in trouble. Ain't nothing but a what? If you seek Amy, I don't know. Oh, thank you, uh, Aaron. Love you. A G It is, correct. Ain't nothing oh. but a G thing, baby. Kevin, oh. great job. That was a good Kevin's yeah. Corner. And this has been Kevin's Corner. Awesome. Honestly, Yay. That was good. I'm sorry Before I couldn't we... listen to most of the questions because <laughs> I didn't know any of those. Before we play our game, um, I would like to go around and what worked for you in this movie? Because obviously we weren't super keen on it, but like I, I personally don't think that it's all bad. Um, what, what did work for you? Um, uh, Kimberly, we'll start with you. Uh... <laughs> we can come back we can come back no i again think that like the jealousy in high school and replacing um like a military hierarchy with a sports hierarchy cool. was clever sure sure uh nikisha um i will say i was hating on the movie until probably the last like 20 minutes of it and maybe it was just how they were tying in all the loose ends and the justice that happened. So that kind of all around made it not as awful for me. Uh, but I think that's probably it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Aaron. Um, I think because it, I had to think about it and like afterward because, I mean, even with the liberties that the movie took, Towards the beginning, I was like, man, I hate Josh Hartnett. I really hate Josh Hartnett. I really hate Josh Hartnett. And as the movie kept going, I was like, I hate this man. I hate him so much. And, I, and then only like about like a, maybe two thirds of the way through, I was like, oh, but I hate him in the way I'm supposed to hate him. Sure, yeah. sure. So in that way, this movie's succeeding because this is like exactly how I'm supposed to be feeling. Goody so Yaga like, okay. was hard to stomach. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what we got from Josh Hartnett. So Hugo, he's my answer. Um, <laughs> Kevin, um, I was happy that Josh Hartnett, Andrew Keegan, and Mackay Pfeiffer were so hot the entire time. Ah. <laughs> that really worked for me. I actually for like when we brought up how like. Makai Pfeiffer saw Josh Hart, like, saw, uh, like, Andrew Keegan as himself when he was, like, first having sex. Sure. Um, Styles, I was like, well, he looks really hot in that mirror. And then things <laughs> got bad. So, like, it was, it was a very weird feeling to have in that second. But um, that was the best thing for me is the three of them were, like, quintessential that time period hot guys. And so, like, that all worked on all the right levels. Sure. Haley? Um, since I knew nothing about Othello before this, um, I thought it was a good adaptation from what I read from Wikipedia after and during. Um, I didn't have much to like fully 
dislike about the film because I was like, well, I learned what the plot essentially was. So for me, I was like, I learned something. So I was okay with it. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I think that there are some really good performances in this regardless of kind of the tone of the movie and how it kind of works out. Um, I think that it's really fun in this movie to, to watch some of these actors knowing, I like watching movies like this, knowing what these actors' careers turn into. Um, whereas like this, for someone like Martin Sheen, this is just kind of like a stop on the way to like, you know, it's just like, uh, oh, just another movie in my, you know, filmography. Whereas like this was, but you look at someone like a Mackay Pfeiffer or Josh Hartnett or Julie Stiles, you know, I, I like filling in the blanks in their kind of filmographies early on. I think that some of those performances are good. Um, and I think that like, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a semi-faithful adaptation. And I think that is useful. I will um, say I would love and there's no way, there's like no possible way I can do this or find out. But like wanting to know what, how this movie, because you can't help but watch this movie in the context that we're living in currently. Sure. Mm-hmm. And just see this movie when it was made in the world what we in the world that we lived in in 2001, whatever that would have looked like for us individually and wherever parts of the world we had lived in at the time like that I, I like I wonder how my viewing of this would have been colored that way because I I also feel like in the same way like I remember and I text Nikisha about this for a second like I feel like this movie in terms of this the Shakespeare tragedies like I feel like Watching R&J, like Bos Lerman's R&J, would hit very differently now than it did before. Mm-hmm. I have very fond memories of watching it at the turn of the century or even in the mm-hmm. late 90s. But Every summer party possible, yes. But watching that now, as adults and in the world we live in, like, I have a feeling I would feel very similarly about that movie. Sure. And I think context is everything, as you said, because quite frankly, like when I don't know this and this is an assumption, but like in terms of race relations and talking about race in the context, it's gross and weird now. But like, I don't know how advanced and nuanced this felt in 99 or 2001. I'm I'm not saying that that's an excuse for like it being okay, um, But I do think that like. God knows of any other movies of this caliber in terms of teen movie, whatever, is actually having that conversation between um, Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles. I'm not saying it was a good, well-written conversation or like a realistic conversation, but like, and I also don't know if it felt like extremism in terms of like, let's make this scene where they say these words and they talk about it. Like how awesome would that be in a film? Or like if they were actually like, maybe we do investigate this further. Like I, I, I would. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just kind of posing that to the group as like sure. a possibility. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I pose, oh. Go ahead, Kimberly. I was going to pose a question in the vein of like our entire series on Shakespeare high school adaptations. I would argue that this is the one where you have to know it's a Shakespeare adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I feel like Sure. People don't I'll know that, that. that thing I hate about you is Taming of the Shoe. People don't know that she's in the man as Twelfth Night. That's so a very like, good point. Everyone knows that oh, was Othello. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think, I think that's it just, doesn't make sense if it's not based only, on something. I think people only know that the reason because of the title of the film. 
And if they had not named this O, no one, if they had named it something else, you know, very. Private school basketball. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, it would be taken in the exact same way as 10 Things I Had About You and She's the Man or whatever. Palmetto Grove. Yes. (laughs) Two quick final thoughts. scarf. The scarf. Scarf. Two quick final thoughts. I will forever wonder what this would have been like with Christina Ricci now. Um, because sure. she's a genius. Oh, see, and, I wanted to be Mina Suvari. Oh, she was so good too. Mina Suvari. Uh, uh, and then, second final thought: anyone who's listening to this, if you ever have a boyfriend who decides to brag about his member to you, he's not a good boyfriend. Just literally, I don't care the context. I don't care the situation. If they brag like that to you, and they're not doing it as like a complete like. I'm being a jerk, like, like they're not worth it. Like, cut it off. I had, I had to pause it and voice memo it for the group. I was yeah, like, this, <laughs> this can't, this can't stand. There is no real man in the world that would ever do that. Like, a real man. So just stay away. I mean, but the best part about that scene is like, but right after he's like, but wait, do you think I'm cocky? Like, like <laughs> then all the insecurity came out and I was like, okay, fine. But then we so, went to the worst the worst dialogue ever oh, after that, so. <laughs> Let's play a game. Uh, for those of you who are on Patreon, we're gonna play this game for you. It's gonna be super fun. Um, for those of you who um, are just listening to the podcast feed, we're gonna skip right to um, our Rotten Tomatoes and our end rankings. Let's jump right into our, um, Let's do our Rotten Tomato scores first. Shoot. Um, okay. So um, let's get deep into those Rotten Tomato percents. Um, who wants to start? Let, lay it on me. What do you think? 74. <laughs> Literally what I was going to say. Really? <laughs> oh, not 96? <laughs> no. You know what? 96. Keep it. <laughs> Actually, 69. <laughs> okay. Work. Uh, 60. Okay. I'm going to say 81. 72. Uh, okay. Was that everyone? One, two, three. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay. Um, Nikisha is our winner. It has a Woo-hoo! 64. So you oh, went under, um, yeah. but you were there. 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I, I do think that this, um, critic consensus matches what we all thought. Um, the well-intentioned, <laughs> I didn't read it. I just think it is great. We're not, no. Um, <laughs> the well-intentioned and serious in its exploration of teen violence, O is an uneven experiment that doesn't quite succeed. Dang. Yep. Um, so that's that. But now the, the <sighs> most favorite part, um, while well, I pull up the, the, uh, uh, the air table. Kevin, would you like to uh, go through what these uh, rank and rankings are? Our and sure. rankings. So we oh, got any and rankings. Got and rankings. So basically, we rank these movies on an easy scale. It's either one, two, or three. One being is an amazing movie. On an easy street scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one, two, or three. One being amazing. Two being like pretty good, and then three being like maybe not the best. And then on top of that, each level has a plus or minus. The plus makes it that much better. The minus makes it that much worse. All right. So let's go around. Um, I'm sharing my screen so everyone can see. Um, I I can't see it. We see a strip of white. Yeah. 
Yeah, we see a white strip. Give me one it's second. It's for a second and then it went away. Yeah. There we there go. It is. There yeah. it is. Oh, right. Um, so what, uh, let's go with, oh, um, um, who wants to start? I will. All right, Kimberly. I will give it a two for being a good adaptation, but a two minus for being not very good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to do the same, but say three plus. Okay. I, same reasoning, I, three plus. Yeah, same with Aaron. Three plus for me. I agree with the two of them. Three plus. I'm okay. a two minus. I originally was just a regular old three, but then the more we talked about it, I was like, no, I actually thought it was a great adaptation because, again, I learned a lot. So two minus. Cool. Kevin, you said three plus. I missed that. I did. Okay. Um, and I think that I am also going to, I think I'm going to do a two minus um, on this one. Oh, no. Wow. Now it's there's tiebreaker. The average is three. There's three people saying three plus and three saying two minus. That's just you said you, you said we round up if there's, if there's a thing, right? So well, yeah, I guess we'll round up. So it's a, a two minus. All right. It is now a two minus as an average. Um, and if we go down to the two minus section, this movie joins the rankings of Hello Again and La La Land. Y'all are the that worst. Seems Hello about right. that's, that's appropriate. I Honestly, feel like that that's wrong. <laughs> Kevin will never, ever, ever. Never let that go. That movie's so good. It's um, fine. <laughs> um, but we end I every mean, episode this, with a... Oh, no. What were you going to say, Aaron? I was just going to say, if two minus equals awkward sex scenes, then right on, <laughs> right on point. <laughs> yeah. um, but we end every episode with a quote, and this time it's, Oklahoma. Every night, my honey lamb and I sit alone and talk and watch a hawk making lazy circles in the sky. Well, that was really, I, I got O and hawk in there, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, again, thank you all for joining us. You can follow us at Broad Wasted on all social media. Hey, that's uh, you can uh, join our Facebook group that Kevin runs. Does some really super fun stuff in there. Um, again, if those of you for those of you who are listening in our podcast feed, we do have a Patreon. Uh, there, you get the full video of these, a little bit of extra conversation, inclusive of one of Kimberly's awesome games. Um, um, so that's on Patreon. Um, and uh, then you can always, as you know, you can always find us on things like Spotify and iTunes, where we appreciate you rating and reviewing us there. Five stars, Five stars please. please. And thank you. Um, so next week, uh, we're closing out adaptations, Shakespeare High School adaptation for now, with um, what I anticipate will be a film. Uh, <laughs> the man. It is a film. She's I'm so man. excited. And get excited. Kevin is going to lead that discussion. He has because some this, personal... was of, this was part of my gay awakening. Um, so stay tuned for She's the Man there. Um, so we're going to watch that. That you can find on HBO Max. Um, so get that on HBO Max. Amanda Bynes, um, Haley's best friend. Um, yeah. Her, um, her Tammy and oh, from the movie, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, from Hairspray. Um, and so um, we'll talk through that. Um, but in the meantime, we raise our glasses and we say, "Cheers!" Cheers. Hey everybody, 
Kevin here, and I really hope you're all enjoying these Movie Club episodes. If you're looking for another movie to enjoy right now, you should check out the new comedy Devos, a madcap dose of a guilty pleasure good time that is Mean Girls meets High School Musical. Devos tells the story of what happens when egos collide as a self-proclaimed Broadway legend is forced to share the spotlight in the High School Musical his senior year with the school's star athlete. The claws come out in this vicious and campy battle for the spotlight, and through lies, manipulation, and blackmail, it quickly becomes clear that all is fair in war and musical theater. Starring Matt Steele, Tony winner Marissa Jurette Winokur, Timothy Burndidge, Mad TV's Nicole Sullivan, Jason Bernard, Jason Stewart, and Jake Busey, Devos is available to rent and own on DVD and North American Digital HD Internet, cable, and satellite platforms through freestyle digital media. I had a blast watching this film. It definitely has that vibe of cult classics like Camp, and it brought back plenty of memories of my high school and community theater years. Plus, Marissa Jurette Winokur is a wisecracking nun. Yes, please. So check out Devos, and let me know what you think on social media. And that concludes today's episode. So until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and most of all, Stay dramatic. Suit doo wop bum. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.